Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and a museum goer. I'm also a big fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, and secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. So each day I'm going to share some of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. With MXM Today, in 1989, the glass pyramid that designated the entrance to the Louvre Museum was inaugurated by the then French president Francois Mitterrand. The pyramid was designed by I.M. Pei, and despite its current iconic ubiquity, it was controversial at the time it was constructed. Let's reverse and find out why. Of Chinese and American descent, I.M. Pei was contracted to design the Louvre entrance in 1983, but he kept the project a secret, even from his own colleagues. For several years, because of the large-scale and national interest in the project, and he didn't want any word getting out about his plans. Pei was already a world-famous architect with experience designing for museums like the East Building of the National Gallery in Washington, as well as commercial buildings and skyscrapers. Pei visited the Louvre in secret, taking official trips under the guise of a basic tourist. He began to envision a new entrance to the Louvre that both incorporated the original buildings and took the design in a new direction. Inspired by French architects and the natural scenery around the Louvre, he imagined the pyramid as the best way to expose the beautiful light that hit the area every single day. He wanted to find the most transparent and flat glass he could to properly capture the natural light that hit the area, and so that the courtyard would look natural and not distorted by the new structure. When the planning of the glass pyramid was announced, Jean Dutour, a French academic, lamented, poor France. A simple insult like this is devastating from a French academic. It implied that the pyramid was beneath France, and that the city of Paris would be experiencing a wound by letting it happen to their city. This understated yet dramatic tune is a hallmark of French cultural critics, as is its cynicism. But that remark wasn't all Dutour did. He went on to publish an appeal for insurrection, and the fight was so vicious that it became known as the Battle of the Pyramid. This statement proved to be just one of the many negative barbs thrown in a years-long debate about the now ubiquitous pyramid. The newspaper, Le Figaro, published an admonishing article calling the pyramid a gadget, and three scholars even went so far as to publish an anonymous book calling the project a trickery of the Grand Louvre. I don't know. If I were going to publish an entire anonymous book, I think I'd make it about something more scandalous. But what do I know? Amidst all this anger and aggression was an open secret. The Louvre was in desperate need of a remodel. The Louvre is composed of many individual buildings, and nearly all of them were in abject disrepair. The museum was basically falling apart like a destroyed palace with an empty courtyard. The courtyard is where the pyramid now stands. In the entire museum, there were only two public restrooms. The curators didn't have enough storage space to manage collections, and it was hard to manage the flow of tourists through the old entrance. This wasn't Paris's first debate about new architecture. The most famous structural debate in Paris was actually over something we now can't imagine the City of Lights without, the Eiffel Tower. At the time of its construction, critics called the Eiffel Tower useless and monstrous. So, okay, we get it. The French are super picky about their architecture. Francois Mitterrand was key in making sure that the Louvre got built despite the backlash. When the architects in charge of the royal palace shouted their displeasure, 
at the design, Mitterrand held firm. Pei later recalled that he had never been so violently attacked as during the building of the Louvre Pyramid. When he presented the project to the National Commission of Historical Monuments, his interpreter refused to translate the comments and instead began crying. One of the members of the commission yelled, It's Paris here, not Dallas. But Tutor and his fellow critics were proven wrong when the pyramid opened. The Louvre went from being a staid collection of ancient art to a destination for both art historians and newcomers to the museum scene. Not only that, the Louvre redesign also ushered in a revival of museums and architecture in Europe and the art world in general. So much for poor France. The day the pyramid was unveiled to Parisians and tourists, the museum staff were able to see how well the pyramid directed viewers into the museum and realize that after all the criticism, the pyramid was not only beautiful, but also a benefit to the way that the museum was structured. Visitors to the Louvre have tripled since 1989 when the pyramid was unveiled. Due to the renovations that took place around the same time that the pyramid was constructed, the Louvre is now the biggest museum in the world. The renovation was incredibly expensive, but the French president decided that culture should come before finance. Amen! If only politicians in the United States had a similar esteemed view of culture. The glass monument requires quite a bit of upkeep. It's even cleaned by trained alpinists. That's not the only new addition to the staff at the Louvre. Believe it or not, before this renovation, the Louvre didn't have any visitor services, a communications department, or even a fire safety staff. Now, they have all of that, and more, including tons of new security staff. Overall, in the time since the pyramid construction and overall renovation, the staff of the Louvre has doubled from 1,000 to 2,000 per day. Do you think they're hiring? Now let's go from discussing art to discussing music. Today we have a very special guest, Joshua Henry. What is up, y'all? This is three-time Tony-nominated and Grammy-nominated Broadway star Joshua Henry. And can I tell you why I'm so excited about March 4th, 2021? It is the day that my EP Guarantee drops. I'm so excited to share this new music. I'm so excited about this new chapter as a recording artist. And to be able to share my passion and my heart through music means so much to me. Anyone that knows me knows that I love the stage, but music has always been my first love. So March 4th, 2021 is going to be a big day in my life. And I can't wait to share it with all of you. And now for our final segment of the day, I'm going to go into my own photo archives and see what I was up to on a March 4th in my life. March 4th, 2020, I had a layover in Honolulu, Hawaii, because I had um, just flown back from Japan and I had to get like an immediate flight because of COVID. And I landed in Hawaii and I'm so upset because these are the most beautiful photos ever and I never even left the airport and still somehow it was one of the most incredible things that I've ever gotten to visit. The Honolulu airport has, um, at least I think that's where I was, the Honolulu airport has a garden inside of it. So the airport is like, it's free flowing between the outdoors and the indoors, which gosh, if every airport could be like that, as somebody who spends, before this pandemic happened, I probably flew around 10 times a month maybe 10 times like maximum, but it was a lot of flying and a lot of sitting in airports. And a lot of them are the most boring places you will ever like exist ever. And so I don't know, going to the Hawaii Honolulu airport was 
so refreshing. And I really wish that every airport could like have a little outdoor space where people could go get a cup of coffee and then sit outside and enjoy some fresh air because holy crap, that was like the best airport experience I've ever had. Thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow. If you don't mind, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow at 365 Days MXM Tune on your preferred social media platforms. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.